I think it's impossible to predict when we set up systems whether it won't fail at some point. I don't think that anything man creates is perfect. And I'm not so sure that that it, it needs fixing. I don't want to be a part of it again, I can tell you that much. You know, I don't want to be in the middle of that sort of thing. But Clarence Thomas is part of it again. When the Supreme Court justice said he didn't want to be in the middle of that sort of thing, it was April 8th, 2002, and he was talking about Bush v. Gore, the case that decided the 2000 presidential election. Now, Justice Thomas is hearing the oral argument in Trump v. Anderson, and the Supreme Court will decide whether Donald Trump is eligible for Colorado's Republican primary ballot. Like Bush v. Gore nearly a quarter century ago, Trump v. Anderson puts the Supreme Court squarely in a central role in a presidential election. Clarence Thomas is the only remaining member of the Supreme Court that, in December 2000, decided Bush v. Gore. In this episode of C-SPAN's Podcast The Weekly, right as the court decides a new case with immediate bearing on a presidential election, we hear what Justice Thomas has said about that landmark Supreme Court case, Bush v. Gore. Hi, this is Rachel from C-SPAN's podcast team. And before we get to this week's episode, I'd like to introduce you to one of the producers here at C-SPAN, my colleague, Sean. Thanks, Rachel. If you're a fan of The Weekly, we think you'll also like our evening newsletter, Word for Word, which brings you a recap of the day's most important political and policy events delivered right to your inbox. Read about what happened on Capitol Hill and at the White House and watch video highlights featuring the day's newsmakers. Hear them word for word. Join our community of informed listeners and viewers. Head over to cspan.org slash connect and subscribe to Word for Word today. Thanks for listening and staying connected with Word for Word. Subscribe now at cspan.org slash connect. Thank you. In the Supreme Court's December 12, 2000, 5-4 ruling in Bush v. Gore, Justice Clarence Thomas joined the majority opinion that said Florida had run out of time to recount disputed ballots without violating the constitutional guarantee of equal protection. The decision gave George W. Bush Florida's electoral votes, and that decided the election. The day after the decision, Justice Thomas kept a previously scheduled commitment to meet with high school students. The conversation, exclusive on C-SPAN from the court, was the first public meeting by any Supreme Court justice after the Bush v. Gore decision. Here's what Justice Thomas told the students on December 13, 2000. Well, good morning. Uh, You all have exquisite exquisite timing. If you'd come a day earlier, I think we would probably not be able to do this. If you'd come a day later, I probably would have collapsed by then. (laughs) The last few weeks have been exhausting, I think, for the entire court. Um, But in a lot of ways, it shows the strength of our system of government. Uh, Think of some of the turmoil you may have heard or seen about the issues that have occurred over the past few weeks, at least from our perspective. And then consider the court as an institution. I can still say after the events of this week and all the turmoil that in nine plus years here, I've yet to hear the first unkind word. Now, can you think of any place else where you can say that? Justice Thomas spent an hour with the students. Here's one of their questions. What type of preparation takes place before you hear a case? That's a very good question. In the last case we had, which was on an emergency basis, uh, 
As I told one of my colleagues, I hadn't pulled an all-nighter since law school. And he also noted that day in December 2000 how helpful computers were in Bush v. Gore. Thank goodness for computers now because you can get access to information very quickly. For example, we had the Florida Supreme Court opinion within a few minutes and was reading it within less than an hour after it was decided. Seven years later and back on C-SPAN, Justice Thomas remembered his conversation with students the day after Bush v. Gore was decided. Here he is on C-SPAN's Q&A program, October 3rd, 2007, and another hour-long conversation. I noticed that when the 60 Minutes program came up, it said, The Justice Nobody Knows. That was the headline on it. And I went back and checked our records, and we've had you on since you have been a justice about 100 times. That's right. There's only one other justice that's appeared more, and that's Justice Breyer. Mm-hmm. But I just wonder, the justice, nobody knows, how many of these justices here do we know? <laughs> well, Brian, you hit the point. You are now, you have, C-SPAN has been wonderful, by the way. Do you remember after Bush v. Gore that you had me on the day after Bush v. With Gore was decided? With the kids. You've had me uh, in, in your program to go to a local school. It was one of your leadership programs. Uh, you have had crews follow me all over the country. But even during that time, what was the general media say? That I was hunkered down and hiding out. I was angry. And you go back and take a look at all your tape, and you see if you see any uh, indication that I was either hunkered down or angry at anybody. Um, the, and so that story persisted despite the fact that I was constantly on C-SPAN. On March 21st, 2001, Justice Thomas testified to the House about the Supreme Court's budget. He noted interest in Bush v. Gore on the World Wide Web. Last year when we testified about this time, um, uh, we told you that it was imminent that we would uh, have our website up and running. Well, in the meantime, that system has generated about 15 million hits, uh, six and a half million during the consideration of the, uh, the Bush v. Gore case. On July 13, 2001, Justice Thomas addressed the Eighth Circuit Judicial Conference. He discussed Supreme Court rulings during the 2000-2001 term. But inevitably, any Supreme Court roundup this year must turn to the election cases, uh, Bush v. Gore and Bush v. Palm Beach County Canvassing Board. As you all know, in these cases, the court reviewed two decisions of the Florida Supreme Court relating to the 2000 presidential election. In the Palm Beach County case, the court unanimously vacated the Florida Supreme Court's decision extending the deadline for certifying elections results or election results and remanded for further clarification. In Bush v. Gore, the court reversed the Florida court's decision ordering further recounts of ballots. The per curiam opinion held that the recount procedures violated the constitutional guarantee of equal protection. The Chief Justice, joined by Justice Scalia and myself, wrote a concurring opinion that argued that the Florida court's decision conflicted with the procedures established by the Florida legislature and therefore violated Article Two of the Constitution. Much has been made about the effect of the two election cases on the court as an institution. I personally see no effect of the way that we treat each other uh, after those cases. Indeed, we continue to treat each other with respect and 
In the aftermath of those cases, we have maintained our friendships and our professionalism. What did Clarence Thomas do right after Bush v. Gore? Here's what the justice told Yale University Law School on October 25th, 2014. Well, after Bush v. Gore, you all probably don't recall that case. Uh, <laughs> so the one thing about these old motor coaches is you spend a lot of time repairing them. So my wife, I would take it in and it was constantly being repaired. She said, say, oh, I get it. This always goes on, right? So you're always taking it to be repaired. It was scheduled the week that we had Bush v. Gore to be in Florida. Of course, I had to drive it there. And um, so I rescheduled, and the week after, things were a little bit dicey driving down to Florida. And uh, I stopped in Brunswick, Georgia, at a uh, Flying J truck stop. Not many people even know those places exist, but it's actually pretty interesting. So I'm refueling, which is an interesting experience, with uh, all the 18-wheelers. And one of the truckers walks by as I'm refueling, and he says to me, "Uh, did anybody ever tell you you look like Clarence Thomas? (laughs) And I said, oh, yeah. And he said, I bet it happens all the time, doesn't it? And then he went on about his business. That was it. That's great. Yeah, it, I did it not happens. know that answer. Clarence Thomas may be the only remaining Supreme Court justice from the Bush v. Gore days, but three current justices, all like Clarence Thomas, nominated by Republican presidents, have connections to Bush v. Gore, like Chief Justice John Roberts. During the 2000 recount, John Roberts advised Florida Governor Jeb Bush on the role the governor and the Florida legislature might play in the recount battle. During John Roberts' 2005 confirmation hearing, Democratic Senator from Wisconsin Herb Cole asked him about Bush v. Gore. Just to uh, refer to two that were taken up without any reference from any lower court, one was Youngstown uh, Steel and Tool, um, which was, you know, the ability of the government to seize a steel mill during a time of war. And, of course, another one that I'm interested in your comment on is Bush v. Gore in which the court decided to directly insert itself into a presidential campaign. Um, I'm interested in not what happened after they decided to do that, but that the decision they made in terms of its propriety, its impact on the courts, the court standing in the country. You must have thought about it, I'm sure, a great deal when it happened. I'm sure you have an opinion on their decision to enter that case, and I think we'd like to know what that opinion is. Well, um, you mentioned first the Youngstown case, and it's a category, and I think perhaps the Bush versus Gore case, the, perhaps the justices concluded it fell into that category. There are certain cases, um, they don't come along all that often, uh, that are, by their importance, uh, significant enough for the court to take. In other words, they don't fit the description of a conflict among the courts of appeals or an act of Congress held unconstitutional, but they are otherwise sufficiently important that the court will grant review and take those cases. Certainly, the Youngstown uh, case was of that sort. It started out actually in the, the D.C. Uh, court, uh, and the hearing was first there, and then the, the court granted that. But the decision by a president to seize the steel mills based on it's constitutional. That's an important enough issue. You want the Supreme Court to issue a final ruling on that. On the decision in, in Bush versus Gore and the determination of whether to grant review in that case, um, again, that's not something that you, you, you don't know what, on what basis the justices make a decision to grant 
review. You just get an order that says review is granted. Uh, in that case, you had a decision of a state court that apparently the justices thought should be reviewed, um, and obviously uh, expeditious treatment was needed, as I think it was in the Youngstown case as well. They're capable of moving expeditiously uh, when an important matter sure. requires them to do so. I asked you what your opinion of that decision was at that time. Well, that's an area where I've not been, uh, I've not felt free to comment whether or not I agree with particular decisions or. Well, it's I don't not likely to come them. up again. Well, I, I do think that the issue about the propriety of uh, the Supreme Court review and matters of disputed electoral uh, uh, contests, uh, it is a matter that uh, could come up again. Obviously, the particular parameters in that case won't, but but. Um, it is a very recent precedent, uh, and that type of a decision is one where I thought it inappropriate to comment on whether I think they were correct or not. Yes, that was Chief Justice John Roberts predicting in his 2005 confirmation hearing that a disputed election matter could come up again. Justice Brett Kavanaugh was in private practice in 2000 and helped the Bush legal team. He wrote in his 2018 Senate questionnaire that his work related to recounts in Volusia County, Florida. Kamala Harris, then a Democratic senator from California and member of the Judiciary Committee, pointed that out in her opening statement during Brett Kavanaugh's nomination hearing, September 4th, 2018. This nominee has devoted his entire career to a conservative Republican agenda helping to spearhead a partisan investigation into President Clinton, helping George W. Bush's legal team ensure that every vote was not counted in Bush v. Gore. And when Amy Coney Barrett was nominated in 2020, she wrote in her Senate questionnaire, one significant case in which I provided research and briefing assistance was Bush v. Gore. She said the law firm where she was working at the time represented Bush in that she had gone down to Florida for about a week at the outset of the litigation when the dispute was in the Florida courts. Senator Amy Klobuchar, Democrat from Minnesota, asked Judge Barrett about that on October 14, 2020. You uh, worked on the recount in Florida uh, that uh, was related to the Bush v. Gore case, including on an absentee ballot issue on behalf of the Republican side of that case. Is that right? Um, I did work on Bush v. Gore. I did work on behalf of the Republican side. To be okay. totally honest, I can't remember exactly what piece of the case it was. Yeah. There were no Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you that. Okay. Many argue that Bush v. Gore, back to your earlier work, um, hurt the court's legitimacy. If you are confirmed, the Supreme Court will have not one, not two, but three justices, you, Justice Kavanaugh, and Chief Justice Roberts, who worked on behalf of the Republican Party in matters related to the Bush v. Gore case. Do you think that that's a coincidence? Um, Senator Klobuchar, if you're asking me whether I was nominated for this seat because I worked on Bush versus Gore for a very brief period of time as a young associate, uh, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm just, I just think it's such a coincidence to me. I actually didn't know it until yesterday. But will having justices with this background, two of whom were appointed by the current president, decide any cases related to the upcoming election, do you think that will undermine the legitimacy of the court? Um, asking whether something would undermine the legitimacy of the court or not seems to be trying to elicit a question about whether it would be appropriate 
for justices who participated in that litigation to sit on the case rather than recuse. And I went down that road yesterday saying it's I know. a legal question. You said you wouldn't recuse. That's why I thought it was That isn't so... what I said. I said I well, wouldn't said, admit. I wouldn't said recommit. That, that, you're right. You said you wouldn't make, uh, announce your decision on recusal and you wouldn't commit to recusing. But again, I think the public has a right to know that now three of these justices have worked on the Republican side on a major, major issue related to a presidential election. And now a bonus clip. Returning to Clarence Thomas, on March 15, 2001, Justice Thomas spoke at an event celebrating the 250th birthday of President James Madison. It was three months after Bush v. Gore. Uh, Politics and the court are two different worlds. We are in the same city. But if there is any wall of separation, it's the wall of separation between that political environment and the court. And it is a waste of time and I think actually counterproductive, if not outright destructive, to try to analyze the court using a political model. And now a rare second bonus clip. Justice Clarence Thomas again speaking at Duquesne University, April 9th, 2013. I just don't like politics. (laughs) I mean, I'm just done. I don't like politics. I like history. I like things of substance. I don't understand politics. I don't understand um, scuba diving. You know, (laughs) when I think of scuba diving, I think of drowning. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not against it. I just, that's not, I'm not going underwater. I didn't leave. (laughs) That's it for this episode of C-SPAN's The Weekly. A reminder, you can do your own searches in the C-SPAN video library. Just go to cspan.org and use the search bar on top. There's lots more in there about Bush v. Gore and about Clarence Thomas, and a lot about court cases surrounding the 2020 and 2024 elections. What's next? Make sure to watch and listen to C-SPAN's coverage of the Supreme Court's oral argument in Trump v. Anderson. For now, thanks for listening and happy searching. <laughs>